This week's episode is brought to you by the Film Rescue Show. The Film Rescue Show is a long-form podcast in which their crew and a guest fix a film every week. Want a good first episode? Check out episode 89 with Axel and myself, where he pitched fixes for the League of Extraordinary Drummond. Still waiting on that call, Warner Brothers. For fans of filmmaking, writing, and behind-the-scenes content, check out the Film Rescue Show on all your favorite podcasting sites today. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Ulrich. And how are you doing today, man? Uh, I'll just say this, it's been a very, very good day, all in all. You know, my day's been alright too. I had a, a bit of a fight later in the day, but I uh, other stuff happened that was very good that I, I bought, I, fit, I closed on a house. Well, technically the house is closing tomorrow, but I signed all the paperwork today. So, yay! What'd you do? Ah, uh, I went to work and then came home. That's <laughs> just a good day, then. Well, yeah, considering everything that. Well, I'll just say this: we re, this is being recorded on Wednesday, the twentieth of January. If you're an American, you know why that was significant. Oh, of course. And thought about that. I had my own stuff going on today, but yeah. With a little peek behind the curtain for people, but when Ulrich called me to start this, I was putting together my my list of karaoke songs that I think I can do, and he scoffed at some of my picks that are like, everyone picks them, you know, like, you know, Kryptonite with Three Doors Down and stuff, but I got some other stuff on there, like, like Flagpole Sitta, which I think I could do, but I'm just curious, like, because uh, he thought everyone who considers karaoke has a list like this. I mean, you know what? I think that that's probably true. So if you're listening to this and you karaoke or consider karaoke, let me know if you have a list like this. And I would also like to see it out of, just out of curiosity. That was just a sidebar. But before we get into what we actually are talking about, I have to do the patron sound off. I shouldn't say have to. I want to because these people are awesome and I want to give them as much recognition as I can. So they are, according to this list I have in front of me, Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brennan Agnew, John Vinnels, Kit Kinney, Solomansky, and Seth Decker. I swear there's another one. Maybe I have an outdated list. So if my list is outdated, I apologize to whoever I'm missing. But if you'd like to have your name added to the list, then head on over to our Patreon, you know, Geeks with Shields. A dollar a month gets you at minimum 25 cents an episode because we put out four or more things a month. I'm pretty sure that that's all still standard. It's been a while since I went and looked at our actual output, but you know we record frequently enough. Anyway, it goes a long way towards helping us. Now that I've done my sidebar, my patron thing, and, and all that, Ulrich, what are we talking about? Well, if the episode timer and Axel's NPR voice haven't given it away already, this is a buckler. And this one's kind of fun because Rumor Mill is churning, but if it is to be believed, most of the Netflix Defenders cast is getting folded into the MCU. At least, you know, they're talking that Daredevil is going to be back in Spider-Man, Jessica Jones in She-Hulk, uh, Iron Fist in uh, Shang-Chi, and Luke Cage isn't coming back because Marvel pissed off Mike Coulter. Which is really too bad because he was easily one of the best things in that. Like, oh, he's he such is. a good Luke Cage. So... But like again, he had, he added so much, for lack of a better term, like humanity to the character. Like I've never imagined Luke Cage so, for lack of a better term, Superman-like. 
And yep. that performance was so good that it makes me very sad that, you know, there's such beef there now. <laughs> I mean, there's this is all rumor monging, mongering speculation. And maybe Marvel could strike a deal to get him back, you know, offer him a lot of money. They should. <laughs> they, they should. We really do need that. And I don't know, maybe we'll talk about where Luke Cage could fit into this. I also but, I also am glad to hear, or if the rumors are true anyway, the, I don't remember what the actor's name is, but the guy who played Danny Rand, Iron Fist, like he was just beginning to figure out how to play that character. It, it took him a season and a half too long to to really get there. But, you know, just saying, like, I'd be glad to see him, like, flesh it out some more. So Yeah, no, I think overall we are positive on the Netflix Marvel stuff. Overall, yes, there is certainly uh, areas that don't work. I thought half the Defenders was bad. Most of Iron Fist was bad. Half of Daredevil Season 2 is not great. Uh, I got bored with Punisher Season 2, so I can't say anything really about that. I don't really remember much. Um, But otherwise, yeah, the rest... Oh, and the latter like half season of Luke Cage. But those are all like, as you can see, those are mostly like half stuff except for, yeah. I, except I mean, for Iron Fist season one, which is just generally bad, but that's a whole yeah, Iron Fist. I, I made it through and I liked it, but I've not been able to go back and rewatch it. It's just like, there was so much going wrong here in production and the scheduling and just, yeah. But I, yeah. But I'd say like all in all, it's like a 67, probably like a 70%. You know what? I would, I would say it's like a solid C. It's like an over 70% yeah. good, which means it's, you know, C, it's passing. It's definitely passing. When it works, it really works. And when it doesn't, it really, it just, oof. But I mean, I mean, honestly, just having Charlie, Con- or uh, I suddenly his name. Which actor? Daredevil. Charlie Cox. It is Charlie Cox. I was like, I, I started saying Charlie Cox. I'm like, wait, that isn't right. But I guess it is right. My, anyway, just getting Charlie Cox back as Daredevil alone would be, you know, very worth it to me. So Yeah, and he definitely wants to. So let's kind of talk about the rumors thus far. The rumor is that Charlie Cox as Daredevil will be appearing in Spider-Man, Reasonable. whatever the third one is. Yeah, well, I've always said that Spider-Man, I think, actually works better when he deals with street-level stuff. I actually prefer when he's not dealing with like world ending consequences. <laughs> so he's tricky because his power set is so big. Well, as far as I'm concerned, but Luke Spider-Man... Cage kind of falls into the same problem. Honestly, well, if we're getting yeah. to be honest, as far as I'm concerned, Spider-Man is the top of street level heroes, like literally yeah. the very top of what a street level hero is. So, but to me, he still is a street-level hero primarily. It's just that because he's at the top, he sometimes gets pulled into very not-street-level stuff. So Yeah. And I think you'll be seen there. But no, it's a real easy slide-in at some point in the movie. Hello, I'm Matt Murdock. I'm your lawyer. Boom. There we go. Daredevil well, I mean, the has now been brought into the MCU. Well, I mean, the biggest rumor is that... Okay, spoilers for Far From Home, but it's, we live in the world we live in. And if you don't know an MCU movie from over, you know, like a year ago, that's on you. So I don't know what to say at that point. Maybe it's not. But uh, anyway, so spoiler for Far From Home. But if they brought Matt Murdock in to literally be Spider-Man and or Peter Parker's lawyer because of the end credits thing that happened in Far From Home, like that would I mean, I've seen that rumor and that would be super interesting, I think. So, yeah. So that's where he slots in. Uh, The rumor around Jessica Jones is that she'll be in She-Hulk basically serving as a PI because it's going to be a law firm TV you know, honestly, show 
And you Honestly, need a PI from time to time. I just want to see She-Hulk. Like, I don't care about who else is in She-Hulk. Just seeing She-Hulk exist will be awesome for in so many reasons. I, although, one of my only real problems with Daredevil, the show as a series, is that they, I think they lean too hard into a serial storytelling. When you've got superhero is lawyer, that lends itself so well to a procedural, like an episodic style procedural. And so yeah. the idea of maybe try that with She-Hulk and with Jessica Jones being like a thing there, like, yeah, I think that's a, that'd be a cool idea. And that's the rumblings there. And I mean, it, 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 She-Hulk is said to be a procedural law comedy, quote unquote. Should be. And I mean, you file a bit of the rough edges off Jessica Jones's character, but I think two super strong female characters that there's some good buddy cop potential there, if nothing else. And what again, would be interesting, and this is just a side note, but would be interesting if you're going to put Jessica Jones in with She-Hulk, maybe come up with a reason for Jessica Jones to tap into more of her comic book powers. Because for those who only know her from the series, she is vastly underpowered in the series compared to what she is in her comic form. So Budgetary constraints. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. But I'm saying if you're going to stick her in the same world as She-Hulk, I think you can... Oh yeah. yeah, we can we can totally up the ante. So that's where she's rumored to fit in. Uh, Danny Rand, Iron Fist in the Shang Chi series. It's a kung fu fighting tournament. There's literally no reason why Danny Rand like shouldn't be in Shang Chi. Just yeah, just if, by if you very can't nature. Find a way to put Iron Fist in a kung fu movie. You're not trying. Yeah. And we already talked about you know Luke Cage. I Adam. I can. I can... You know, I can cross my fingers. I think, again, extremely unlikely, not impossible. I don't know where Luke Cage would slot in necessarily, but honestly, the best bet would be to put him in Shang-Chi with Iron Fist because, again, people have been wanting Heroes for Hire for as long as we knew the Defenders were going to be a thing. So Yeah, and Heroes for Hire would be a great show if you were going to do that. I, I wanted That's what I wanted the season three of Iron Fist to be was Heroes for Hire. Yeah. In Which, again, if you're listening to this and you don't read comics, Heroes for Hire is essentially Luke Cage and Iron Fist being mercenary heroes, and it's wonderful. <laughs> yep. And it's entirely built off, it's just two buddies. And honestly, Mike Coulter and the actor playing Danny Rand had great chemistry. I'm going to have to so look up that actor's name, but keep going. <laughs> yeah. So now we kind of get to the topic of the episode, Punisher. And we're going to sidestep the real world issues with doing Punisher because that's not only outside our wheelhouse. Real quick, but, uh, the Danny Rand's actor is named Finn Jones. There it is. Anyways, so. but yeah, we don't we don't want to bring you down. We don't want to try and tackle that stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't I, know. It, it's very complicated. So we're we're gonna put that to elephant, the side as a separate. Yeah, it's totally an elephant in the room. But the Punisher is a very difficult character to portray in his. Let's go with his original kind of form especially like his comic booky form the the defenders uh, the netflix series already actually did a very good job of kind of reworking punisher i mean not reworking there are comic versions of the punisher that he was very obviously pulling from i'm not going to claim to know them very well because i don't know punisher comics like by name i've read a handful of them and uh, they can be vastly different but punisher in his most recognized form the kind of form that they use in games and cartoons stuff when he shows up is inherently problematic in a modern day setting. So yeah, put that in a box, uh, put that aside. Yeah. And uh, like I said, we may do an episode on the very problematic nature of Punisher, but I feel like a quick Googling of why is Punisher problematic 
will give you all the information you need and then some. So let's just talk about him as a character. What is Punisher's gimmick? Punisher's thing is he kills bad guys with guns. Yeah, and he's very, very good at it. I mean, he's kind of yeah. built from the ground up to be not too dissimilar from, well, honestly, Batman, but a Batman who has no no kill policy. And yeah. he's just a regular dude with a lot of tech. It just so happens that his tech is very specifically regular military tech. Mm-hmm. Like, Punisher doesn't have super sci-fi stuff. He just is very good with guns and knives. He's and an ex-Marine Special Forces, depending on the run. But he's just a dude. And that already kind of makes it tricky because it's like, we're going to put you in a universe with superheroes and you're just a guy with a gun. And I mean, Black Widow and Hawkeye have had to face those jokes forever. Yeah, but they they held up. I mean, say what you want about the parts of Age of Ultron that don't work, but everything about Hawkeye in that movie is great. So Yeah, and I'm not arguing. I like Hawkeye. I like Black Widow. I think they're cool. I think they found ways to make them work. But Punisher, you, you can do the guns. Guns are cool. Guns can be shot cool. But he's a normal guy. And then the... <sighs> Where do you put him in the MCU? Like, what is his entry point? Where Actually, do you I, have a, I feel like I have an easy answer for this. Per, per okay. Uh, he belongs in Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's definitely where he belongs. Because, so Punisher, and we're, this is kind of a throwback episode for us, because the very first episode of this podcast we ever did was about the Punisher and Star Wars. But, so, and we mentioned before that in the comics, right, in a lot of the comics anyway, Punisher actually idolizes Captain America, because Captain America is like, the perfect soldier it's kind of what his thing is and punisher while he doesn't necessarily agree with everything the captain does because you know the captain isn't nearly as big on killing anymore (laughs) uh he still does idolize him as you know the perfect american soldier so now cap has left the mcu theoretically (laughs) and he's we literally have a show that's about his successors one being a a another veteran you know, with a crazy flying suit who actually takes Captain America mantle, and the other being the Winter Soldier, who up to this date has been our gun guy in the MCU. Like, as far as people or main characters who actually use straight guns, Bucky Barnes has been our our go-to. So, yeah. so I feel like the fact that John Bernthal's Punisher is already a veteran and means that having him be connected to Sam Wilson specifically, uh, the you know Falcon would be a super easy slot in and then to have him have like literally conversations or things to talk about with both him and more specifically with winter soldier, I think is where you can even have him literally be like an arms guy that they have to go to, to get some, some gear. Like the point is that I don't know exactly what the, the tone of Falcon and winter soldier is supposed to be, but just the fact that it's about those two characters means I think you could fit John Bernthal's Punisher in very quickly. I can see it. Like, that's a good entry point. And you definitely get what I've always wanted, which was Punisher talking about why he idolized Captain America. Because that's, anytime that's really brought up, it's a really, it's, it's really great to see what is this undeniably terrible character idolizing Captain America because he's the opposite of him. And what I do like about John Barenthal's portrayal of Punisher is like, no, he, he understands he's not a good guy. He understands what he does is not good. So that would really make a great one-to-one of, and I love Captain America because he is antithetical to everything I am, and that's good. But what does he 
do? Like, okay, we brought him into the MCU. What do we do with him now? Do we do a Punisher show and do it R-rated and have him take out? Because here's the other thing. A Punisher show, like Punisher on his own, just about a guy named the Punisher doing like the M's, like they did on Netflix where he just kind of exists in his own world. That works. That's interesting. That's very pathos driven. You know, we can do a bunch of cool stuff. They did a bunch of cool stuff. But if we are saying he's in the MCU, where does this vigilante bad guy hunter fit in the broader scheme? And my idea, and then we'll get to discussing was you tack him on with Nick Fury and you do, I don't know, Secret Avengers, and you have Nick Fury running Black Ops operations, and he's got Frank Castle on there because he needs Frank Castle to help him, you know, run these less savory missions. And you can kind of dig into what we never really got to see, but the it was hinted at was the dark side of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the dirty stuff that Fury gets up to in the comics. Real, real quick, because I never got to the end of Punisher Season 2, but you did, right? Yes. How did that end? Um, oh, it ends with Jigsaw forming a coalition of mob bosses to take out the Punisher. Okay, but where did it end for Frank Castle specifically? He saved the girl and he was on, you know, the next run. I think he said he'd accepted he was the Punisher because the whole season's about him trying to get away from being the Punisher because everything that happened. Yeah. And at the end, he's just like, nope, this is who I am. This is what I have to do. Okay, then you're saying someplace necessarily between here and there, like he gets picked up by S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe as a way for more resources or maybe he respects S.H.I.E.L.D. more that because like after purging itself of HYDRA, it's it you know needs the kind of people. I mean, I feel like I might need to know more about what's going on in the later seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to know how well that idea like that would work. I only got oh, no, that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They ain't, ain't going to touch that. That one's dead and buried. Yeah, but it still had more a well. More of my idea is the pitch would be we'd copy the uh, Iron Man end credit with Nick Fury, except replace Frank Castle with Tony Stark, and go and put together a team, and I want you on it. And it doesn't have to be S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, you can go, nope, this isn't S.H.I.E.L.D., this is not government sanctioned, they don't want to know what we're doing. And you can kind of have, you can do... Again, because in the comics, Fury does a lot of nasty spy stuff and causes a lot of big events are kind of like, well, Fury was doing shit he wasn't supposed to, but you get the whole, but it had to be done by somebody. And I think that works. If we're going to do Frank Castle, we're going to do that character. I think that's where that one works is he, him, he's running operations that aren't necessarily good, but... Um, Makes me wish Crossbones was still alive. Yes. And then, well... Okay, minor potential spoiler for Falcon Winter Soldier. But it's looking like my prediction of Sin being the main villain is coming true. And that is a perfect place to slot in the whole dirty dance. And maybe the whole pitch is, hey, do you want to hunt Hydra with me? And then we can let Frank, you know, kill people. They're bad guys. And we can still keep in the bigger MCU. But it sounds like, no offense, it sounds like your pitch, though, is for like a whole new show. Where, from what I'm understanding from the rumor mill right now, it, it all of them are about taking characters from the Netflix series and slotting them into other people's properties, right? That is so. true. I am getting it. I am pitching. So this would be the spinoff. Yeah, so. so I'm saying, like, so maybe combine both our ideas then. Like, if there's any show that he slots into for, hey, does John Bernthal's Punisher still work in a non-R-rated MCU world, essentially, since it's coming off the Netflix... Put him in Falcon and Winter Soldier, see how well he bounces off of those characters in like just even a one-off episode where they have to 
don't know. You could probably do an easy thing where, like, they have the same mission and they run into each other. And because Sam has the shield, John, like, works with him. But maybe you could have that be a tension thing. Like, he doesn't believe that Sam is worthy of the shield, which could actually be an interesting narrative thing that's both a good thing and bad thing about Punisher's character for reasons that are best left in the box. But the point is you could do some interesting narrative stuff there that doesn't have to be, you know, doesn't have to rely on the same kind of things you were doing in Punisher season one and two. So no, actually, I agree. That really is good because it does look like at the very least, uh, Falcon and Bucky are fighting somebody, some form of terrorist. There's cars being blown up. And again, if my theory about sin is true, that means Hydra's coming back. And that would be a very natural progression. It's like, yeah, Frank Castle's going to want to kill Hydra. And Hydra are standing for Nazis, and Nazis are bad guys, and killing bad and killing Nazis is always good. Plus, having Frank Castle kill Nazis is good, especially. Yeah, that, that, so. you, kinda, you get to skate around a lot of the unpleasantness of that whole mess. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is where Frank fits in. You kind you have to you pair him with other military characters, and you kind of use the moral grayness. But I I, I think it would be great because I think the whole season's gonna be about Falcon questioning is he worthy of the legacy of being Captain America. And if every character show up and vocalize going, Yeah, I saw Captain America, I don't know if you're worthy of that. And then at the end of the episode, see like he does something heroic or he, he stops Frank from going over the edge. That's someone who is like, okay, yeah, you've got what it takes. You've got that restraint that you need. Also, I like the idea, and this is a – because first of all, I lo- I think that's the narrative that if I were a writer I would go with. And maybe it's a little hacky, but I feel like it is a really good idea of having his thing the whole be that you know, you're not Captain America – and then how do we get him to accept the new Captain America? Because if he accepts the new Captain America, then how can you, the audience, not accept him as the new Captain America, I guess would be an interesting way to put it. But I also like the idea that he is obviously, he couldn't beat Winter Soldier in a fight because Winter Soldier can go toe-to-toe with, you know, Cap. But yeah. I like the idea if, that he might be like a better shot than him. So that could be totally the, you know, the dick swing contest at first. You could have a lot so. of fun with that about the two constantly trying to one-up each other. Because they are, in a lot of ways, Frank Castle's a bad guy, but so was Winter Soldier for the longest time. Was yeah. not a good person. And even that could be argued, is not a good person. So you could have a lot of fun kind of comparing the duality of the two. I'm especially, liking this. I think yeah, especially because they're idea. both looking for redemption, but in two different ways. So yeah, yeah, well, Frank has kind of accepted that he's a bad guy. And Bucky's like, I was a bad guy. I want to be a good guy now. No, the, the conversations you could get from that too there's a lot of really interesting no i think i think we 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 nailed it i think we plug punisher into falcon and winter soldier and then if it works we've got punisher in the mcu if it doesn't we just go that's a lost cause we can't do anything let's move on to agent venom which that's one they need to adapt they're doing more venom let's do agent venom hmm i that one's a really hard for me to win. So here's the thing. I'm one of the few – I'm one of the people who actually enjoyed the Venom movie. I don't think it's good. I want to be very clear. But I like Tom Hardy a lot, and I want to see more of Tom Hardy Venom. Like, he's the good parts of it. It's the things that don't have to do with him that were the bad parts. Uh, so 
Agent Venom, though, you have to go in a very different direction. And I also feel like Agent Venom would be one of those things where, at, at this point, it would be like, it'd probably have very little to nothing to do with the comic. Because there's no, no. way they're going to... There's no way they're going to take what the MCU's version of Flash Thompson is and do any of the Agent Venom kind of stuff with him. Uh, no, I think, ooh, what if we combine Agent Venom and Punisher? The Venom symbiote on Frank Castle, hmm, I no, don't know. you're right. Frank Castle's got too much baggage for that to work. Yeah. I feel like the, we don't need to bring Venom into this particular conversation, but... No, we're just spinning idea, other ideas now. Like, Yeah. Although it does give me an opportunity to say again... Make Spider-Man a television show, not movies. He functions yeah. really well in TV. I know he's like the biggest character ever, well, one of them, so you think he needs to be in movies, and I don't necessarily disagree with that, but he works so well for a television show. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we we did what we set out to, which was where do we plug Frank Castle in the MCU and can Frank Castle work in the MCU? And I think the answer to both those questions is yes. I think he can. This, this goes back to like when we had, when we talked about Deadpool, where like I have seen cartoon version of Deadpool work, which means that I have seen non R rated version of Deadpool work. So we said that in the conversation is like, can Deadpool work in a non R rated movie? I will say he definitely works better in R rated, but Deadpool as a character can work in a, well, more kid-friendly setting. I've seen it done before. So I think yeah, Frank no. Castle's the same thing. I've seen Punisher work in you know shows and games that were aimed more for a younger audience. So I know he can work without the need for the R rating. I mean, honestly, I think all of it should be R rated because I think the whole idea of our rating system is idiotic for um, a number of reasons. Maybe we should have an episode, episode on that sometime. We have an episode on that, on why rating systems are dumb. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Point is... I think that that's stupid, but if you, my point is that in the MCU, generally speaking, we don't have our ratings. We're doing like PG 13s. And yes, I think Frank Castle can work in those restrictions just fine. Oh, 100%. Because, folks, if you didn't know, Frank Castle, Punisher, first showed up in a Spider Man comic. I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. That's his first appearance. He doesn't get all dark and gritty until the 90s when everything got dark and gritty and full of pouches. Oh, <laughs> uh, we don't need to talk about 90s comics. No, nope, that's just, we're just anyway. going to let that die, because the sooner the better. One of these days when I bring my friend Dan on here, who's a giant Spawn fan, and just listen. So, <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, but I have nothing else to say. We've already gone a bit long. So, you know, thank you for, oh wait, I don't have my thing here. Okay, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. I, I have to say those those particular words in that order because that's what we all got to do on the internet, right? That's how we all function. But it all jokes aside, like, you know, the more people see this stuff, the more the numbers and the stats go up. That makes Ulrich happy, but it actually does help out the podcast. And I try every time I do this to make it unique and different because I don't want to sit here and robotically spat out my lines. But, yeah, you know, please – do all the various internet things you do for things you like. And if you're wondering where to find us, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Those are the ones we are on. If you would like us on another one, let us know because we are always looking to expand our reach. As always, this has been Axel Wright. And it's your brother, Lord Commander Ulrich. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable.